1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning into the Pomp and Pony podcast for this week with our special guest, Paul Azinger. You're going to love the interview. Great insight from Paul. Just one heads up, the guys recorded the interview with Paul early in the week prior to the Tiger Woods accident. So just keep that in mind when you hear the guys talking with Tiger Woods and why the accident wasn't brought up. Enjoy.
0: This is the Hometown Roofing Pomp and Pony Podcast. Presented by Hometown Roofing. Put your trust in us. And powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Here's Bob Pompiani from KDKA-TV and Andrew Filipponi from 93.7 The Fan. Welcome to another edition of the Pomp and Pony Podcast. Bob Pompiani, Andrew Filipponi. We're happy to have with us... Well, the biggest names in golf Paul Azinger who joins us now as the golf tour is about to hit Bradenton Florida for the first time i imagine uh the WGC which normally is held in Mexico of course with all the pandemic stuff going on yep. Paul they had to make a uh, uh change in the schedule so it's in Bradenton which is where you are it's got to be great news
2: yeah we're we're at we're in the home of the Pittsburgh Pirates and the greatest players on earth have shown up here Um, You know, I would have been packing yesterday to go to Mexico City. And instead, I'm sleeping on my own pillow, and they're going to play on my uh, course. I'm a member. I wouldn't call it my home course, but I've played it about 500 times probably. (laughs) And it's a real challenge. I think the local players around here are going to be either vindicated that maybe they weren't as bad as they thought, or the players are going to make a mockery of this place, and the locals are going to be thinking, wow. <laughs> we, we believe that this course is so hard. Um, but it's going to be a great start to the Florida swing after a good West Coast, and uh, I can't wait to see how they do here.
1: Paul, when you play that course, are you playing with other former pros, or are you playing with a bunch of schmucks and Joes like me? No. Like, are you, are you playing with guys that are like 10, 15 handicaps, or are you playing with great golfers?
2: No, I mean single-digit players. You know, a lot of mini-tour guys, Okay, and we get devoured by it. But I walked around there the other day. We did a survey at NBC to see where the cameras go and all Uh that stuff because they'd never seen it. And I looked at it from Bryson's eyes, you know, or Dustin Johnson, Rory's eyes, and I saw a whole other golf course. And uh, I think if the wind doesn't blow, some of the things that, you know, I can't carry, these guys are going to fly it. So. We'll see what happens. All the show ponies are here, though, and that really has me excited. Um, The sad news, of course, 500 fans per day, uh, unfortunately, but they're here.
0: Well, hopefully that'll change soon. Uh, I think it should. But, Paul, I want to talk about you're now a lead commentator with NBC, had time before that with Fox. You've done a lot, 12-time winner on tour, major championship in 93 at the PGA, and, of course, the uh, Ryder Cup captain at Valhalla in Kentucky. Uh, being a lead announcer, do you feel pressure, you know, in a situation where you're dealing with guys? Because I know Johnny Miller at the time got into some, you know, hot water. For being honest, I thought, on, on certain things. How does your approach go when you're analyzing the game as a color commentator?
2: Uh, well, my number one goal is to never tell the viewer something they just saw. That That's First. And I'd also would rather have the viewer want me to say more than to shut the heck up. So that's two of my number one priorities. And my (laughs) wife always says to me before I leave, now just remember, nobody's tuning in to hear you. So I got plenty of humility when I walk into that booth. (laughs) Now, As far as treating the players, I personally don't want to get to know them so I can be as candid as Johnny was. I thought Johnny took it over the line um, on a lot of occasions. And, you know, then – See, like, like I, I stepped across the line at Honda Classic last year, talking about Tommy Fleetwood and wanting to win on the PGA Tour, and, you know, I just took a shot at the European Tour because I'm an American, and so, but I just said, you know, you can win on that tour all you want, but you got to win here, that's why he's here. Well, I got crushed for that, so you know it, and what happens when you're so candid and you you make a comment like that the other announcers have to hear it from the players and either defend me or say i got no defense for that guy so you have to be careful um it it's not just you that's going to take the heat the other broadcasters get questions about the guy who said something stupid or harsh or, or whatever i don't want to do that but i truly i i, I really don't want to know the players all that well um, i just think it makes me uh less candid
0: be honest with you I, I find that comment not to be harsh at all though I, I think a lot of people feel that way that and that's why a lot of the guys in, in europe come over here to play because they realize they got to win over here this is i, I, I was just surprised that you, you put it out there and then people reacted and players are coming out i'm thinking what in the world how <laughs> sensitive can they be don't they have yeah. to develop thicker skin or ignore things
2: probably but you know uh I got a little unlucky because there was no European tour event that week. Padrick came up to me laughing. He says, thank you, Zinger. We're going to have that on the wall at the <laughs> Ryder Cup. And, uh, you know, some European caddies were really ticked off at me. But, you know, my only response to to the media and to them after, I apologize to Tommy and Westwood a little bit, you know. I didn't. I love Tommy Fleetwood. I don't want to put more pressure on the poor guy. But, you know, the bottom line is, you only choke for two things at this level, and it's cash and prestige. And really, how could it even be cash at this point? It's millionaires' row out there now. When you stand on the practice tee and watch them hit, um, so you know, yeah, get some thicker skin. What the heck,
1: <laughs> Paul? So any we, uh, go ahead? Any moments where um, where you had to reconcile? Like any kind of moments that you could tell us about where a player and you had to try to, you know, mend fences or patch things up where it got really heated or have you, you know Once. Yeah.
2: Once. Um just with uh Rory Sabatini when I was with ABC when when he was wearing the flamethrowers, the red pants and he he was playing with Ben Crane mm-hmm. for the third day. And Crane is so slow. And Judy Rankin was noticing following the group that, that Rory Sabatini left Ben Crane on seventeen and finished the last two holes out ahead of him by himself, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And Crane had an outside chance to win. He started catching up, and and Rory, uh, yeah, Sabatini was on the back of the green with his red flamethrowers on, and, I mean, I I lit him up. Um, Like, you know, he might have had white pants. I don't know whatever it was. I think he might have had white pants on a red shirt. But either way, I just said something I would – I'd have had to take him out. That's something like that. <laughs> so I had to call him up and apologize for that, and he hadn't spoken to me since. So that's okay. I don't care about that. <laughs> I don't really care if they love me, hate me, or, or I'm not looking to make a – you know, I'd, I want the viewer to learn something because, you know, every viewer out there uh, plays the game, or they're, unless it's Tiger, they're, they're golfers. You know, so if I can help you understand how to pitch a ball or – you know, no, these guys are dealing in philosophy, not as much technique. You know, it takes a philosophy to swing as hard as you want at a driver like Bryson. You can say whatever you want about his technique, but it is a mental decision to be recklessly wailing away at it. And, you know, I want the viewer to understand that it's not just physical dominance that, with Bryson in his power. He's got to decide to make that swing with trouble all around, don't you think?
0: Oh, Yeah. I mean, you got to you got to have that aggressive attitude, and you got to say, "I'm not willing to look at it." I know enough about golf to know how you have to think that way, but I, uh, I mean,
2: hey, I, I played the tour thirty years, and and every single time I'd come home and play like a genius, and I'd be like, "I'm going to be that free when I get on tour. I'm going to be that free," and it's not. You can't. It's hard.
0: <laughs> well, he's he's been doing something for the game that uh, a lot of people fall in love with. Sort of like, in a way, without the loud mouth pants uh yeah. john daly you know i mean it's it's a guy who just goes up there and starts whacking away i think people like that it's like the home run hitter andrew you know the guy who comes to the plate and he may strike out yeah but times. how about
1: like the six protein shakes a day you know how about
0: well, he's eating like crazy isn't he i mean he's yeah, just he's put on a ton of weight or muscle or he, whatever
2: he told me yesterday that he's laid off that he's he's not in a quest for speed and you know look i i think golf should be fun and you know, golf is simple, but it's just not easy. I always, if I'm teaching, the only thing causing that ball to slice or hook is side spin. I mean, I break it down. So I see him yesterday, and he says me, I'm off the weight gain. I'm off the speed. I'm not looking for any more speed. I'm right where I want to be. Now i got to figure out how to get the velocity I want with the spin I want and, you know, calculate the humidity and all the financials <laughs> It's like, whoa. How long, how long can you sustain that? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Paul, what's your relationship like with Tiger?
2: It's okay. I mean, like, you know, I mean, we were partners at Ryder Cup, and he mm-hmm. was not on our Ryder Cup team because he had the leg injury. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, look, I, I mean, you know, you guys went through kind of my resume. I, I was started at ABC, which eventually became ESPN, which eventually went away, and then. I, but when I was eventually became ESPN, and I had to do Sports Center hits, and Tiger hit the fire hydrant our relationship changed and I look, I love Tiger. I was candid and I think he respects me and all that, but you know, I'm media now, so he's guarded.
0: Mm.
1: It's the hometown roofing pop and pony podcast powered by Bowser Chevrolet.
0: Well, he's also a guy who, um, you know, he keeps his boundaries up. I thought after this whole ordeal, when he first came back and I don't know what you thought about that press conference that he gave. I thought that didn't need to happen, just the way right. it happened. But I agree. Did you? Okay. Well, he still has these boundaries, and I thought those boundaries might soften a little bit. Not that he's not going to be focused on tour. It just seems like he's not changed from that point of view. And I thought I'd see a change, at least with regard to you know galleries.
2: You know what? he Where he's really gotten um, better is with the other players. And this group of people out here, all, you got to realize all these players grew up idolizing Tiger. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's really weird <laughs> to to see, you know, how much Max Homa idolizes Tiger. You know, we, Tiger hated, you know, yeah, he didn't hate us. Tiger looked at all of us like we were in his way, and he was just <laughs> couldn't wait to backhand you and check you off his list. Got beat Norman, beat Faldo, took out Price. Last group with Zinger, he's out. Let, you know, so, check, check, check. <laughs> When you know, he'd win a couple. You know, he'd win tournaments early on that, that I had won. I said, Oh, you keep going, buddy. You might catch me. You, you might catch me. And then when he started blowing by me, you know, we had that different banter. And I miss it because Tiger's a good heckler, and uh, I like to heckle too. But um, yeah.
0: I you don't, don't normally know. hear that about golfers being hecklers or guys who. I like that. I like the trash uh, talk angle. Do, do you, to you it. think the game needs more of that? You know, not not necessarily heckling to the point where, but I mean personality. Little, yeah, a little personality. Like What you say about Rory? I, Rory's a different kind of guy. He's a guy who was outspoken about Tiger. Yeah, and I always that hoped that they. Yeah, yeah, I always hoped that they were paired together in the final group of something, just because.
2: Well, I remember Stephen Ames said something about Tiger, <laughs> and then uh, Tiger the 18-hole match he beat him. Nine, ten and eight.
1: Yep, that was unbelievable. I remember ten that, too. Ten eight to go. <laughs> that was,
2: that I wonder was what incredible. he
0: told
2: him. they. <laughs> you know, Tiger asked him, you know, what do you think about what Stephen Ames said? Tiger just looked at the camera and said, ten and eight.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: See, he ten and eight at everybody in his brain. Yeah. <laughs> and now he loves everybody. It's a different guy. You know, Tiger used to be uncomfortable if you were comfortable with him. And now I think he's uncomfortable if you're not comfortable with him. It's a completely different person.
0: But does that make him less of a dominant guy? I know he's up there in age. He's going to be 46 next year, and Nicholas won the Masters at 46. So I don't think after 2019 that I would doubt him. But can he achieve Nicholas's record?
2: Uh, I doubt it. I mean, he, he could. You know, he certainly can putt, and he certainly could play till he's 55. But he's not gifted or blessed with that flexibility that Phil Mickelson has And uh, you can say, you know, what you want about working out and fitness and all that, but I think Tiger's proven that strong abs do not prevent a bad back. It might have, uh, you know, maybe because of his fitness and all that, he's the only guy in the world that could keep, that could still be playing at this level. That's probably a positive because of his fitness. But Phil Mickelson, I mean, he worked out curling in-and-out burgers, you know, and uh, (laughs) –
1: Yeah, but then he does that, like, karate kick over that guy's head. I saw that video, and I said, holy sh!
2: I didn't know he's he like. Had... <laughs> he's like Gumby, bro. He can kick a door jam like Sam Snead could kick a door jam, or double jointed it or something, all the way to the top. So, But Mickelson doesn't get hurt. He'll still be going. But Tiger's got a different body, you know, yeah. and that body is fired up, and it's, it's, it's falling apart. And uh, I just don't see him doing it. It's the first time I think I've ever publicly said I doubt he'll do it. Doesn't mean I don't think he'll win another one, but he's not in good shape.
1: Paul, who is the best um, athlete that that isn't a golfer that you've played with? Ever? Yeah,
2: the best athlete that isn't a golfer. I mean, I, I've played with Julius Irving. That's pretty good. Wow.
1: No, I, I'm but, saying on the golf course. Like, the, was was I'm saying like as far as oh, translating into a golfer, the best one you played with?
2: The best athlete on tour. Yep tiger um i think tiger could dunk a basketball when he was in his prime i don't know anybody else that could (laughs) do that his dad said he could haul butt you know and he would have been a great hurdler an olympic hurdler so he must have been able to fly yeah and uh but the guys that you know about you know there's been some really good athletes that played the tour um gary woodland probably comes to mind he hooked right he was yeah he was at one of those yeah so you got what about apples. Kepka? He
0: looks like one, but is he? He
2: looks like a, a linebacker now. It's really a different sport, man. I mean, there's a picture out now with uh, these two, the top two players drinking a, I think it's Rory and Dustin Johnson together, drinking like uh, some kind of health beverage, and then right next to it, it's a black and white, of Hogan and Arnie with hands on hips, both with a heater out of, you know, coming out of the corner of their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so different. And the golf's played on a different scale, even more so than it was 10, 15 years ago. The ball's going a mile, and they're launching mathematically. They figured out it's like throwing a javelin. You have spin with a ball that you don't get with the javelin, but if you launch it at the right trajectory, you will optimize your distance. And so that's what's going on as much as the ball going too far. And they're playing golf on a large scale, bud, and to me it's a thrill to watch.
1: Paul, did you know Arnold Palmer well?
2: Real well. I knew him when I was 19 years old. I worked at the Arnold Palmer Golf Academy. Yeah, I've known him my whole life, basically. I got picture- I'm got i looking at pictures of me and Arnie right now. I qualified uh, at Bay Hill. I was a low qualifier paired with Arnie at the U.S. Open. I got paired with him in the PGA, I think, in 88, the first two days when I led. Um, and ended up losing on Sunday. But, yeah, I love Arnold. He was the man.
0: He was the man. <laughs> he was Tiger before Tiger was Tiger, and... Uh, I remember one thing, we were at a banquet at, at Oakmont, and I was emceeing it, and it was later in his life, and we were talking, and one of the things he said, we were just BSing, uh, and <laughs> he said, I, Bobby, I'm glad I didn't live in this Twitter world. <laughs> I would never have been able to do some of the things I did. Oh, no.
2: uh, hey, look, there's a lot of us feel like that. Well, I know I know. do, too. I mean, we all do.
0: But well, now, to hear it I mean... from him, it was just like, oh, my, the king, are you kidding me? <laughs>
2: I know. He knows, but he knows the difference of what's going on right now. I mean, look at D- Justin Thomas. You know, he berates himself with a terrible, you know, he said a terrible thing gets caught on air. Yep. So many of us, you know, would or you know, players in the past could get caught dropping an a F-bomb or something on TV, but there was no social media to replay it that afternoon and the next day and the whole deal. But now there is, and when Justin, or Justin Thomas said that, well, it's getting replayed over and over again. So um, it's you live by the social media, and you die by it.
1: Paul, did you, know. you are, are you an Oakmont guy? Did you like coming up here and playing in U.S. Opens?
2: Oh, yeah. I've known Bob Ford since uh, I was about 20, probably 21. So I was happy to see Bob Ford there at Oakmont, and always loved it and know the, the Fuhrer family real well. Uh, Bobby Friend's one of my buddies, Bob Friend. Um, I, I just uh, I love the Pittsburgh area. My dad was born there. and i'm a huge pirates fan my dad was born in pittsburgh
0: oh boy you're in bradenton a huge pirates fan (laughs) i would ask you what your thoughts are but you may not want to go there it ain't good we'll just say that (laughs) (laughs) well at some point you got to find a needle in a haystack don't you
2: well you know it's amazing you you look at the farm system in tampa and what the heck is going on there they're pulling these players up out of their farm system right and left and you know, they're got... fleecing
1: the Pirates in trades is what they're doing, Paul.
2: That's what ends up happening, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This has been title town this year. Yeah. We got to watch uh, the Bucks, a.k.a. the Patriots, win the Super Bowl. Wow. There you go.
1: Hey, Paul, what is something you could give as, as far as advice goes to someone who might listen to this and is a guy that once the weather gets nice here, golfs once a month, twice a month, doesn't get out much, but is trying to make himself a better player?
2: just chip around in the house while you get a chance. You know, if you have any grass, you can clip it or chip it off of. And, um, you know, most people just hit a chip shot when, with the leading edge. Your hands are forward, your weight's left, and you, you hit, and you, you kind of stop the club at the ball. That's a chip, and it get, the ball gets out in the front, front of the face. But if you want to be a good player when you come back, a better player, it's usually something simple like around the greens. And so I would say practice chipping instead of your hands forward at impact Try to have your hands, at even with the ball, at impact. Set up with your hands even at the ball at impact and, or at address and try to return there to impact because the best players on tour can get the club to go past the ball, like they're cutting the legs out from underneath it. So I would just say, you know, if you have shag carpet, just try to chip it from three feet away and just hit little chips up onto the chair, up onto a little chair or something.
0: And when your wife objects.
2: Yeah, well, if you skull, <laughs> don't don't say you heard it from
1: me. <laughs> hey, Paul, thanks so much, man. This has been oh, a lot gosh. of
0: fun. It really has, and I know that people will be watching to, to see Bradenton uh, right there on the marquee center of the Concession Golf Club this week. That should be fun, and all the best. We look forward to, to listening to your comments, and uh, I, for one, have always enjoyed what you had to say, and I, Same. And, I, and I hope you keep keep it up that way because I think that's what people want to hear.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully you'll learn something as you're enjoying those guys, watching them uh,
0: cha-ching or gag it up. (laughs) Paul Azinger, appreciate it, man. Thanks, Paul. See you. you. You've been listening to the Hometown Roofing Pomp and Pony Podcast. Hometown Roofing, put your trust in us. And powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Join us each week for another Hometown Roofing Pomp and Pony Podcast.